Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We continue with Rob Bradford and Baseball Isn't Boring on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is the Baseball Isn't Boring Show. We're going to be with you every single Saturday, usually from 12 to 3 after the Ken and Curtis Show. Uh, sometimes we'll be moving around because of the great game of baseball. But today and for the foreseeable future, 12 to 3. 12 to 3, we're talking baseball. And today we're doing it from JetBlue Park where the Red Sox, I don't know if you know this, they have sort of begun spring training. They, uh, officially, I guess, everybody, when they have the big meeting, I think on Monday, they get the whole group together. And I've heard, I've heard Joe Braverman, this is what I heard. I heard there's a good possibility that John Henry actually speaks. John Henry is back on the bench. Ooh, actually, should, we send, should we send an over-under on how many words he'll say? Well, he'll say words. Once he, he gets going, he'll be upset that people ask him questions. But I said this last year, Joe. It's like when he didn't do it and he did like uh, some emails here and there, it, it was, it's, you just do the 20, 25 minutes on the bench every year and you don't have to do anything else. That's it. You just answer the questions and it'll be uncomfortable and it'll be, it, it, it'll, it'll not be exactly what you want to do as a billionaire at your lot in life, but so be it. And I, I hope what I'm hearing is true. I hope that they do. Uh, the entire ownership group on the bench. There's some questions to answer and accountability. We know in Boston is key. And so we'll see, but that's potentially on Monday, but uh, pretty much uh, the only player I haven't seen here, honestly, is Devers. I haven't seen Devers. I think I've seen all the other hitters as, as we just heard from Vaughn Grissom. He's here and Yoshida's here. I think Yoshida's going to talk on Monday. Um, so there's pretty much everybody here and we're here. More importantly, the baseball's and boring show. And we're from JetBlue Park. If you want to weigh in, 617-779-7937. If you want to rant, we've already had some good rants. We already had some good interviews. Pete Fatsy, the Red Sox hitting coach, joined us. And Vaughn Grissom, the aforementioned. Vaughn Grissom joined us as well, and uh, so you can catch those. We'll be putting them up on the Baseball Isn't Boring feed, and you want to go subscribe to that right now. If you do nothing else, if you do nothing else in life this weekend, subscribe to Baseball Isn't Boring to the podcast because it's every single day. When you wake up at, by 8 a.m., when you wake up, if you subscribe to Baseball Isn't Boring, boom, pow, it's right there on your phone. 
All you have to do is click and listen, soak it in, and start your day the right way. And, well, continuing the day the right way is right now, 617-779-7937. Baseball isn't boring. All right, well, as we said before, we're going to get to the Trevor Story interview coming up after the next break, after the trending now from Joe Braverman. Trevor Story was fascinating, and it's a taped interview that I did earlier today. Fascinating. It's about 14 minutes. You're going to want to listen to every single word because Trevor Story talks about something that's very important with this Red Sox team. We can talk about the roster and how the lack of stars and the turnover and all of a sudden you have one less major leaguer because John Schreiber get traded. But you need somebody to lead. And Justin Turner was undeniably the leader last year's team. Not undeniably. And it wasn't like a Rudy on the stool thing. It wasn't like, hey, everybody gather around. I'm the leader. No, he did it the right way. He's going to be a major league manager. He, he just came in and he was the guy. So when you look at a leader on this team, Trevor Story is undeniably the guy that everyone is looking at. And, and he's trying to be this guy as well. That's why it was important to talk to Trevor Story about this dynamic, about how he views his role compared to previous years when he's hurt, when he's new, whatever it is. And and, and and the only time you'll hear Trevor's story re- reflect and react to the big news from yesterday with his Xander Bogarts moving positions from shortstop to second base. And obviously Trevor's story has some skin in the game when it comes to that because he was the guy that Xander moves, Bogarts moved to second base. He knows what it's like for a shortstop to go a second baseman. He knows Xander Bogarts. So it is an interview you're going to want to listen to and is coming up in just a mere matter of minutes. But like we said, we also had a trade. And what I want to play here for you now is Craig Breslow, Chief Baseball Officer, just before our show started, just about 5 of uh, 12, five minutes before the show started, Craig Breslow sat down in the media. The trade had just been announced, and that trade, obviously, was for David Sandlin. I know that everybody knows him, David Sandlin. He is a single-A pitcher for the Kansas City Royals, or was a single-A pitcher for the Kansas City Royals. Came from Oklahoma, 11th-round pick in the 2022 draft. Now, he was traded for John Schreiber. John Schreiber is a guy who was going to be a at least semi-high leverage reliever for the Boston Red Sox. Now you have a single-A pitcher. There's a lot to pick through with this. But before we pick through it, I want to play what Craig Breslow said when explaining why he did this deal. All right, here you go. Craig Breslow, Chief Baseball Officer, talking about his trade today. Off season, whether that was Campbell or Weiser, um, you know, some guys that spent time in the pen are getting built out as starters right now, and we'll have to see how that plays out. But, uh, you know, you feel really good about the back end, and then... Um, depending on how the rotation competition plays out, plus the additions that we've made, it's it's a spot we feel good about. What's just a general scouting report on Sandler? Yeah, so fastball, um, you know, as an amateur, was kind of low 90s. Uh, in pro ball, it's been up to you know, 98, 99. Pitches probably at 95, 97. Good breaking ball um, and a, a change that, you know, we see uh, room to optimize. Um, and so it was a combination of, you know, Kind of raw raw stuff projection and the chance to uh maybe tweak the usage a little bit and improve performance where do you so i know he was in high so mm-hmm. kind of where is he kind of at right now yeah so i mean he's you know, kind of fully ramped up we'll get him here check out what things look like the progress that he's made this off season um and then make a determination don't want to you know. you, you have any no no, um, he's had a, a normal, healthy on-ramp. Um, we'll get him here and get him involved in some of our early minor league, minor league programming. How tough is it to subtract from the major league group during spring training? R- really difficult. Uh, not like I said, it's not a decision that we we made 
lightly. Um, and then when you couple that with what John has been for this team and the personality and teammate that he's been, I obviously only have gotten to meet him recently, but it's clear how much uh, respect his teammates have for him and how much he loved his time here. So it was tough. Um, but, you know, there are certain uh, pockets of the roster where we feel like we've amassed depth and we need to maintain this balance of short and long-term outlooks. Does it make it less likely that you'd move someone on the back end of your program? You know, as of right now, uh, we're really happy with the construction and the depth and competition that we're going to have. We obviously make every decision uh, individually, have to do what's best for the organization, but we really like the guys that we have right now. Thank you. Do you have any other groups kind of coming or pay close to anything else? Or how do you feel about <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're going to remain engaged in any conversation that we can that we think helps the organization. Um, you know, don't have anything else to report right now uh, and you know, wouldn't want to get too far uh, ahead into, into any concerns. Is there a point like in spring training where um, you meet, like, kind of not a cutoff date per se, but like you? guy needs to be in camp fights just to kind of get in the rhythms of, of uh, the season or, you know, trades happen in season, so I guess not. Like, yeah, like what, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it gets more difficult the further you get into spring training. You want to give guys a chance to gel and come together and, and uh, understand how our coaches can influence um, and give a chance for, for players to get comfortable. At the same time, I think I was designated at the end of spring training a couple times and, you know, found myself on different teams and players are resilient, they'll figure out a way to get comfortable really, really quickly. Uh, I think the biggest lever here has to be whether or not the opportunity furthers the vision, furthers what we're trying to accomplish, and if it does, we need to seriously at it. All right, there you go. Craig Breslow, Chief Baseball Officer uh, of the Boston Red Sox, just minutes after trading John Schreiber, semi-high leverage reliever for the Boston Red Sox, guy known as 8 Mile Forever. He's going to Kansas City for the Sandman. The Sandman. Enter Sandman, Joe. David Sandlin. David Sandlin, single-A pitcher for the Kansas City Royals. An intriguing guy. A lot of people believe he is going to be in a rotation, in a major league rotation a couple years, but certainly not this year. He hasn't pitched above high A. So I thought one of the important parts of this was what does this mean for the rest of the bullpen? Does this Because I think some people were under the delusion that – John Schreiber, you get to create trade Kenley Jansen. John Schreiber is going to be the closer. I don't know if that's the case. I, I don't know if that was ever the case. I, John Schreiber is part of a winning team. I think it's a good move for the Kansas City Royals. I think he's a good pitcher. Um, does this mean that they won't move Kenley Jansen? I don't think so. I think that they're just at this place, and people aren't going to want to hear this, but they're at this place where, hey, it is what it is for this major league team. The most importantly is building the foundation for the future. They're not going to put that on the bumper stickers. But that's the reality of it. That's what a move like this does. John Schreiber is a major league pitcher who can help you win major league games. That is a fact. And we also know that you can have the Isaiah Campbells and these other guys they've acquired throughout the offseason potentially fill in that 6th, 7th, 8th inning, but you don't know. You knew sort of what Schreiber was. You just don't know with these other guys. So this is absolutely a, this is our lot in life move. All right, we're our lot in life is excellence. Baseball isn't boring. 
You know it, the podcast. Now it's on the radio every single Saturday. We're from 12 to 3, right? We're right smack dab in the middle of it. We're going to keep things going after this break, after the trending from Joe, after the break. Trevor's story. You're going to want to listen to this interview. It's a good one. Trevor's story talks about the dynamic of being the leader, the leader of the Boston Red Sox. And the only place you'll hear first reaction from Trevor's story talking about the Xander Bogarts news that he's moving from shortstop to second base. 617-779-7937 to weigh on in, to rant, to vent, to whatever. As the show goes on, we get to play Tessie guys coming up at 2 o'clock as well. A ton to talk about, a ton to do. But first, we're going to trend. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I get those goosebumps every time you come around. Man, Joe, you're you're in mid-season form on the ones and twos. Awesome job. Know to do my research. I know this is a certain guy's walking. Who's that? Von Grissom? Well, I think it's the guy we are about to play. Oh, Trevor Story. Is it really? I didn't know this was walk-up music. Wow. That's pretty good. That's a good walk-up song. Good for him. Well, of, of the many things I talked to Trevor Story about, that was not one of them. But you're in luck. It's There's a lot of good stuff to talk to Trevor Story about. That what we do here at Baseballs and Boring. Once again, Baseballs and Boring podcast every single day. Uh, go to your whatever you your, get your podcast. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. So it just pops up in your phone and you listen. This uh, the latest one we did. We did one with Rich Hill at the end of the week, and Rich Hill just vented. Oh, went off on the new uniforms. Joe, what do you think about the new uniforms? Do you love them? I absolutely hate them. They look like <laughs> they literally look like a second grade arts and crafts. That you know what they look like and I said this to Rich is that you look at the the names on the back, it looks like a, a giveaway. It looks like if you go to the park, it's like a oh, discount at like a Bob's or something as, like that. As I said, it's like yeah, you're it's like you're expecting them to say free to lay on them or something like that. It's it's they're terrible, but Rich Hill went off on them. He's like, you know, what are we doing? What are we doing? And the other part about they're not even fitted. And as a major leaguer, that might, for, for most people, like, oh, well, what's the big deal? For major leaguers, you have to understand the uniforms are a big deal. And, and they aren't even fitted. They are just, as I said, they're in buckets, large, extra large, medium. And then, again, the names, the names throw me off. The names are so small. It looks terrible. I, it's not at the top. It's not at the top of the list of the world's problems. I get this, but in spring training, we're picking apart everything, including, including by the way, probably the biggest news yesterday. I think in baseball was Xander Bogarts going from shortstop to second base. Um, and from what I understand, 
Not a lot of no, – it wasn't like this was an off-season get ready for Xander. No, 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 no. He, he handled it very well, but you're only in the second year of an 11-year deal, and you're already moving positions. I don't think Xander certainly saw this coming. I don't think Xander thought this was a logical thing, maybe four or five years down the road, but not now. now. Us, so, on the other hand. Yeah, well – I mean, did you really think in the second year, though, Joe? I mean, yeah, second... it does feel really early. Well, the other part, the weird part about this is you knew that you had a player, a gold glover at second base. You knew that you had this player, and you just randomly do it, like, all of a sudden? Like, all, it was, it's it's sort of bizarre. Anyway, so it's a topic of conversation yesterday in baseball, and I one of the people I wanted to make note of talking to about that today was Trevor's story because of his history with Xander, his history about, about moving positions, all of that. He was a logical guy to talk to. And I also want to talk to Trevor about him being the leader of this team, which honestly you wouldn't have thought about a couple of years ago or even last year because he was hurt a lot. He was new before that. But right now, he is undeniably the guy who is at least trying to be the leader on this team. And I give him a lot of credit for that. And I also want to get his perspective on that. So it seems like a great, great time on the Baseballs and Boring Show to have a sit down with Trevor Story. That's exactly what I did. Here you go. All right, there's nobody I'd rather be talking to about leadership than Trevor Story. Because I think it's like a really interesting thing, a really interesting topic. I remember talking to Justin Turner about it last year. He obviously, I thought, was a pretty good example of this. Um, but it's not about like doing the Rudy on the stool thing. Hey, everybody, yeah. get everything going. But I do feel like you are taking that responsibility in a lot of ways. And I would imagine also you have seen sort of the evolution of being a leader, right? Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I agree with JT you know it's uh you know it's not kind of like the movie type thing where it's you know rah-rah and you know kind of gather the troops type deal it's more about the things you can do to me um that can help your teammates you know kind of level up a little bit um those things happen on a daily basis and um you know there's different styles of it and I think but you know for me I think the main thing is you know you got to you can talk the talk, but you got to be the one kind of leading the charge there um, when it comes to uh, the stuff you're, you're preaching or the stuff you're trying to get better at. So, um, yeah, for me, I think, you know, it's been tough, you know, for a couple years to to really lead that way because you kind of got to you got to be in the fight with the boys, you know, mm-hmm. and that hasn't been the case, you know, obviously last year and the year before, you know, a little bit, but um, you got to be in there. Uh, fighting with the boys for that for your voice to be heard really loud so um that's why i'm excited about this year and uh you know fully healthy and feeling really really good about that so um and like you said have have evolved um you know throughout my career it's something i've embraced and i know that that guys look towards me and um, i'm embracing that role and um you know some sometimes guys can have that quick and then sometimes you know you you kind of um learn learn over the years and i think that's the way i've done it it's it's interesting the evolution of it because for you first of all anytime you're new it's hard like i think that sort of jt was an aberration and outlier Mm -hmm. where 
and again, I'm not in here, so I, I couldn't tell you exactly, but from, from my perspective, it seemed like he evolved into a leader pretty quick. And a lot of that is, you know, you're an older guy, mm-hmm. you're experienced, people look up to you. But when you're a new guy, as you, you come in and Bogarts is here and all these other guys are here, it was it's like, hey, hey, everybody, I'm going to lead. And then, like you said, you're hurt and you're not around, so that makes it more difficult. Um, when did it feel like, Maybe it was just this offseason. Maybe it was the end of the last year where it felt like, okay, I can sort of enact the influence that I want on these guys now. Yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> you know, I would say last year, um, just kind of going going through the, the rehab process and just seeing the um, kind of the temperature of our team, I think uh, we're just kind of uh, – you know, obviously JT held that for a long time, and uh, you know he's really good at it. And you know he he's not here, so it's like, um, like I said, you know it's, it's something that maybe I could have embraced earlier if you know the injury didn't happen. But but even not to interrupt, but even I remember talking to Casas mm-hmm. about about he said, okay, when was the turning point for him? It's like when you sat down with him after that game in Colorado. Yeah, like that was, and it's not like you're, hey everybody, look at me, I'm in the dugout yeah. with Tristan Casas, but. That was a, an example of, of what you're talking about, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of it, you know, things like that don't get seen or, or you know, really talked about. But um, I would say last year, just kind of uh, when I was on my way back, I felt like, um, you know, this is, a, this is a chance and an opportunity for me to embrace. Um, and I think just kind of seeing, you know, we, we didn't play great defensively on the infield last year, and I felt like, that's where I can make a big impact, um, and the offense. Um, you know, I know what I can do there, but it was more about like just getting back and being healthy, and um, you know, clearing that hurdle of playing in the games every day. So um, then, once I did that, I was like, you know, that kind of rolled into the off season, and then into spring, and you know, you talk about the story camp and right. all the other meetings that we had. I think it just kind of grow, grew naturally after that. How much is it to, is that you have to, this is the reality of baseball, you have to know that you're going to be here. Yeah. I, I mean, I get, and again, I'm, and I've said this stuff and like JT was like sort of an outlier of this because yeah. you didn't know, but but you know you're going to be here. Like there isn't a lot of guys who know, we don't know what, but we know that you are the starting shortstop for the Boston Red Sox middle of the order guy and and so that must be a big part of this too of just under, understanding that you're piece of the foundation yeah it is exactly <laughs> and i think that's why um you know typically those are those are going to be your leaders right the guys that you're leaning on every day um guys that you can count on you know very reliable uh, you know from a production standpoint a health standpoint and i think uh you know i've shown that you know in my time in colorado and um, that's why i'm excited about this this year um being able to have like a normal spring, you know, kind of the first one in a few years for mm-hmm. me. So um, that's and and that starts in the off season too. Just a normal off season where I can let it rip, man. And there's no limitations, not rehabbing anything, no mm-hmm. uncertainty about where I'm going to be or anything like that. So um, all those things just kind of lined up, and um, now I'm feeling like more back to uh, you know the leader and the player um, that I know I am, and I think that just comes from. A little more certainty. More so, you said a leader than player. More so, I mean, you're older, right? Yep. Do you feel more of the the 
the ability the p- in position to lead than you ever have been? Definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> Definitely. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, you know, early on I was, you know, early in my career, you just get, you feel like you're just trying to survive. You know? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> every day you're just trying to, trying to survive and, and do well for the team. And, you know, then there's like that middle ground um, where you feel comfortable, you know, you know you belong there. And then, um, you know, put a few years together and you know that you, you're one of the better players in the league. Um, so then just embracing that and, uh, you know, getting to the point of my career where, you know, for me it's about all I want to do is win, you know. I've you know, played in a couple of all-star games, done some, some cool stuff, but it's about winning, man, and that's, that's what drives me, I think, to be the leader um, that I know I can be. So, uh, and it's just about bringing the best out of your teammates and, you know, guiding them a little bit showing them how to work, showing them how to, um, you know, do things um, efficiently. So mm. that's where it all kind of drives for me. Who was the best leader that you've been around? Not to knock to any other, but <clears throat> I don't know if there was one guy like, oh, yeah. man, this guy's got his together. I mean, JT, I mean, he was really good, man, you know. Um, really, really good at, at that because, you know, he's an easy guy to follow because – He's had the success uh, personally, team-wise, um, you know, World Series in 2020 and, you know, pedigree in the postseason. But, again, he wasn't, and I keep saying this, he wasn't a Rudy on the stool guy, right? No, no, you know? no. no very rarely, you know, and because, uh, you know, maybe, you know, if you, the team's in a rut, maybe it's, you know, that happens once, maybe once a year. But, yeah, yeah. Um, guys, you know, at this level – that doesn't resonate very well, you know, because we, you know, sometimes it's, it's really needed, but that's very rare. And I think guys at this level are, are so driven and so competitive that, you know, that's already kind of a given. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I know I can give you examples of guys who've come in and, and try to do that with good intentions. Yeah. But baseball is different because, like, if you, if you do it and it doesn't take, you know. <laughs> then it's yeah. 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 And it's not like uh, – you know, it, I think with that, you know, that's that's more of an effort thing, you know, or an attitude thing. And, you know, I think in football maybe or more physical sports it could work to where, you know, if the, you know, if your attitude or if your uh, if your effort's not there, then it can really show in football or something. But in baseball, you can't really like out strength the opponent or out no out fast no. the opponent. So no. that's where I think it's like, you know. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't resonate. The last thing is is I, why I have you here because it's a topic. Is um, so Xander's moving to second, and so here's your chance. I know he's listens to this all the time. So here's your advice of someone he's never played second. Yeah. You had you know you had to make that switch. <clears throat> what is so, what are some of the challenges that he's going to have to face, and, and any advice you can give? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I have no doubt he's going to be one of the better second basemen. Um, you know, I think he'll take, you know, the things that I did that helped me was take that shortstop mentality to second base. Um, I know he'll do that. Um, one of the biggest challenges for me, or it's just something I need to get comfortable with, was uh, going right, you know, like feeling the ball and then throwing to the right because that's, that's really never a case uh, that's short. Um, so 
just kind of the flips to 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 your right towards you know to turn that double play. Um, just a little different footwork, a little different angles, being on the other side of the bag. Um, ball comes off a little different than you're ever used to. Mm. So, um, but you know, I feel like you get a week over there, and then it's. Uh, you were good. I mean, look, I've said this yeah. thing before, but you, but you're like, if not every. I've seen it where it hasn't. It's been a challenge for different reasons, yeah. um, different different <clears throat> motions, like different mm-hmm. athletic motions and everything yeah. else like that. There's yeah, there's a couple technique things, but um, man, I I just tried to be like use my strength, which is my athleticism. So like, not try to overthink it too much about you know I have to be perfect fundamentally or mm-hmm. you know just catch the ball, like get the outs you know and uh you know rely on the athleticism and just my hand eye you know not try to overcomplicate it like when i'm switching positions i had to do I learn a whole new thing you know it's more like was it but and the other part about this is it's like like a starter to a, a, like the mindset of it right i short shop this be honest like you're the alpha right you're like the the guy, the best athlete, you're roaming around and everything else. How long does it take to? How long did it take to sort of get past that part of it? Where I'm a good teammate, I'm going to do whatever I can, but still, there's a perception difference, maybe even in your own mind about second compared to short. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's definitely that to it, you yeah. know. Um, but like I said, you know, I, um, you know, it's about winning, and if that's what we need to do, do. You know, that's what we, that's what I did for the year. And then it was, uh, I think for bogey, man, like he's going to keep that, you know, he's going to keep that mentality that, you know, he's still the big boy, uh, you know, that's played short, but I think he's just going to transfer that to second base. And I think that's why, you know, he's as as good a player as he is. You know, I don't think, uh, you know, moving to second is going to have a big impact on him. Does it offensively, does it? I mean, this is, again, maybe this is sort of me being stupid sort of people person up in the press box. But sometimes offensively, it's like, okay, you're freed up. Oh, I, 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 Does that make any sense? Because there's been some, that, oh, yeah, he goes going to go to second. You know, he can worry about less area or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You're freed up off. I don't know. Is that a thing? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I think if... Uh, if you're super stressed about the position you're playing, you know, then I could see where that, you know, you could take a lot of attention away mm. from offense. But um, <clears throat> I think if you're if you're confident and you know the the way you can play it, then that's you know that's a wash there. You're not gonna take away from offense there, in my opinion. But um, <clears throat> it could just be more about the, you know, some guys deal with the alpha stuff like. You know, I play short and I hit third. You know, that's like oh, a part of the identity. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> but you know, for me, just try to try to separate the two as best you can. You know, defense is defense, offense is offense. And uh, but you want to, you still want to have that chip on your shoulder. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Last, were you surprised when you saw? It? I mean, maybe surprised. Or, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because um, you know, he's a good, he's a good shortstop. You know. Um, and uh, I know he takes a lot of pride in his defense, um, but you know, kind of uh, speaks to the teammate that he is. If you know, obviously they're they're doing that. Um, you know, not to speak on what they're doing over there, but um, he has to be on on board for it for it to work. And it sounds like he is. All right, man. 
All right, man. There you go. Trevor Story, Baseball's a Boring Interview Podcast. You can catch that entire interview, all the interviews from today. Pete Fassi, Red Sox hitting coach, Vaughn Grissom, Red Sox second baseman. And like I said, Trevor Story, all those interviews. We'll be putting them up on the Baseball Is It Boring feed throughout tonight, tomorrow. And we have more interviews. Kenley Jansen, sitting down with Kenley Jansen tomorrow for the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. Before we go to break, Joe Braverman, take away from the Trevor Story interview. Uh, he seems ready, as you as you were alluding to before it even played. Like He's ready to take on that leadership. I think he was kind of forced into the role, and I think it was kind of like solidified when Justin Turner didn't re-sign. But he looks like a guy who's ready to lead, and I have confidence in him. I think that's what's striking for me hearing winter weekend and hearing some of the stories from even last year. You wonder like how this is going to work in that Red Sox clubhouse without Justin Turner was a big hit. Somebody has to step up. There's a lot of one-year contracts, two-year contracts, unknown, maybe this, perhaps that. But the one guy we know is signed up and signed up here to be a legitimate player, uh, a legitimate foundation piece, along with Devers. Along with Yoshida is Trevor's story. All right, we can get to that. We're going to get back to the John Schreiber trade. Get back to anything you want in the last segment heading into the 2 o'clock hour. And then the 2 o'clock hour, the play Tessie guys, Gordo and Sammy, they're going to be joining me. And they're going to be ranting and raving. They are the best at ranting and raving. The play Tessie guys, go check out that podcast. Play Tessie, red hot. Their brand has never been hotter, as is the case with the Baseball Isn't Boring show, podcast, the whole ball of wax. We're going to keep on coming. There you go. More Red Sox talk right after this. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Joe Braverman, oh, thank you for that. Hey, we talked last time we talked. We said this is something that gets your motor going. And we need the motor going. All right. Well, speaking of motor going, I think we've had a pretty good show so far, Joe. I think it's been a great show. We have had uh, some recap. We've had the big news John Schreiber trade out of the gate, reacted to that. We have Pete Fats, the Red Sox hitting coach. Giving us some behind the scenes, what's what from the, the from the hitting cages, and some news of some of the changes that they've made that Major League Baseball has has made. Uh, we've had on Von Grissom. Von Grissom is probably one of the more intriguing guys in the entire Major League camp, Major League roster, Major League starting uh, lineup. All of that. Had Trevor Story with a fascinating sit down that I did with him, and we're not going to stop there because our guy Eight Mile. Eight miles been traded, right, Joe? Eight miles been traded. He has. All right. If you see the phone ring, it's eight mile calling. All right. Eight miles said he'll call in to give his farewell to the Red Sox fans. Uh, there's only one show he wanted to do it with. It was the Baseballs and Boring Show. We uh, we have a soft spot for John Schreiber. John Schreiber has a great story. John Schreiber is a great human being. John Schreiber has had some really, really good moments for the Red Sox. So I think he deserves this send-off. Um, so uh, hopefully he'll be calling in a mere matter of moments. You're going to want to hang on for that. And, uh, and, and there's a reason why you had Joe Castiglione giving 8 Mile the nickname that only Joe Castiglione gave him, which is Johnny Leverage. Because they needed a leverage, high leverage reliever. John Schreiber stepped up. John Schreiber stepped up every single time, and including this time. Let's go. 
What's up, John? Hey, what's going on? Don't get emotional. Don't get emotional. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Man, I, I appreciate I know that it's, it's been a whirlwind for you today. Um, and, yep. and I mean, I just, I saw, I, if, I, if I knew before that this was going to happen, I would have said, said my, you know, a lot of nice things to your face, but instead I'm going to have to do it over the phone. Um, so, <laughs> so t- take, if you can, John, um, take me through like how this, how this day has sort of gone for you. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a whirlwind. Uh, you know, I think, I think the hardest part, um, is obviously for anybody, you know, is getting their family, uh, you know, comfortably and safely back home or the, um, next area, you know what I mean? So, um, that's my biggest concern right now is just making sure my family gets back and settled in. All right. So, uh, other than that, it's, uh, you know, it's just, like I said, it's just been a whirlwind, you know, I'm, I'm excited, uh, for the new opportunity and, uh, to get over there in Kansas city. And, uh, you know, I'm obviously going to miss everybody here in Boston. Um, you know, my teammates, staff members, everybody, um, everybody was so good to me over here in Boston. Um, so, yeah. And so this, so how does this work? You I actually saw, I think Andrew Bailey and Breslow and Cora go in and when usually the three of those guys go in, it's something, something up. Do they, do they, Hey, we want to talk to you. Was it a surprise for you? Because you know there was there was rumors, but rumors are rumors, you know. So what what was that like? Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, a couple days ago, you know, I heard there's some trade rumors about me, and you know, basically, I said it is what it is. Um, you know, anywhere, any team I play with, you know, I'm going to compete my ass off, you know, no matter where. Um, so yeah, I saw AC come up to me and call me in and. I figured that was uh, the case that was going on. So, so the um, when it, when it comes to where you felt you were at heading into this year, and I've talked to you, it, it, it's 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 been so great to watch the evolution of you, not only in terms of a baseball player, but in terms of you know a young man going having the kid, having the family, and you know we had a lot of fun along the way. I mean, you. There was a reason, John, that we had a campaign for you to make the All-Star game in 2022, <laughs> right? Because you yeah, deserved yeah. it. You deserved it. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We've had some good times in in, you know, in large part because you're you're a good pitcher, a good player. Um, how did you feel coming to this camp? We rumors are rumors, whatever, but it felt like you were healthy, that you feel good that you're ready to go, that you, you've learned a lot in the last couple of years, and that you're primed for a good year. Is that how it feels right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel great right now um, health-wise. You know, I I worked my ass off this offseason, and, uh, you know, my body feels, you know, fully healthy and ready to go. Um, so a lot, a lot better than a, um, last spring training. So, um, you know, I'm hoping, obviously hoping for a fully healthy season, and, um, you know, I'm ready – to get out there um, and compete. So, um, you know, I got a cutter now that I can use and add to my arsenal and um, everything else shape-wise and uh, velocity-wise on both ends is coming out good. So I'm I'm excited where I'm at and uh, excited to get over there. So it's, 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 you know, trades are a weird thing, John, because it's, it's the, well, you're leaving your guys behind. And and you know, just this morning, you're chopping up with all these guys, and 
Yesterday, you're at a golf tournament with these guys. But at the same time, look at it this way. I'm going to make you feel good about things. Is that, that this team, the Kansas City Royals, who, by the way, all of a sudden are trying to win. And like they said, that's the guy that we want at, you know, at the tail end of any baseball game. They, we see a, a huge value in this guy. That must make you feel good, right? I don't know what they if when they called you, if they have called you, what they said, but that must that must be pretty satisfying. Yeah, I mean that that means a lot to me, you know. Um, you know, like I've said over the past couple of years as well, it's like um, I'm ready to go no matter what inning. You know, my main focus is go out there and help my teammates and help the team win games. So um, no matter what situation or uh, you know, what inning that is, you know, I'm going to give everything I have out there um, to put us in a good position to win the game. Um, You know, whether that is the ninth inning or the sixth inning, handing it off to somebody else, um, you know, I'm I'm just excited. So who was the toughest guy to say goodbye to today besides me? The toughest guy to say bye to. I mean, everybody, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm close with everybody in that clubhouse. Um, you know, so I, I like to get along with everybody and, you know, you know, hopefully everybody, you know, likes me as well. So um, I, I think going to miss everybody, the staff members, the teammates, like I said, um, I, I, I like to get close to everybody on the team. So, All right. I'm going to ask you for the top two Red Sox moments and I'm going to give you number two. Number two Red Sox moment was when you came up literally five minutes after you finished pitching last year, came up to the Red Sox broadcast booth and uh, and jumped on on this very program or an iteration of this program, and that shows you yeah. the commitment you've had to our, our podcasts and the broad and the station and the broadcast and all of it. So we appreciate it. that. Was a top two moment. Give me give me oh, your, no give, <laughs> give me your top moment. Give me your maybe it's you know in five minutes you'll think of something else, but give me the moment like you're like oh man that was the adrenaline was coursing through my veins and holy mackerel that was awesome. Oh man, I mean, there was a lot of moments like that over the course of the two years I, you know, two three years I've been with Boston. Um, you know, there, there's, I mean, there's multiple. I mean, uh, I think when we played um, St. Louis, there was a time. You know, I think I struck out the side one time. You know, that my adrenaline was going pretty good, and <laughs> you know, when I was I was first, uh, you know, trying to establish a. Um, you know, a roster spot when I first got called up in 22, you know, I think maybe uh, Toronto or Texas, um, you know. Um, so there, there's been a, been a few, so. Well, this, and, and we'll reflect. We'll do the montage for you. But the last thing, John, is I told you, I want to give you this opportunity, and I mean this sincerely, that you know you became a fan favorite with the Red Sox people because, I, I, because in large part because of the passion people love how they fired up Eight Mile. They love it. Um, they love the fact that you actually were good. And but I want to give you this the opportunity because obviously everybody listens to this um, I, opportunity just to say what you ever you need to say because you aren't going to have that opportunity because you like you said you're going you're getting your family to Arizona you're meeting new teammates in Kansas city, your turn on the page and becomes like a Royal, all of that. This is your opportunity yeah. to say whatever you need to say. Yeah. So, I mean, being an athlete, you know, it's very hard to, um, you know, 
get on everybody's good side as as a fan, you know. And, uh, you know, I want to thank the Boston Red Sox fans for believing in me. Um, you know, all the support they gave me over these years with Boston. Um, you know, just, just to let them know that, you know, every time I went out there, um, you know, I gave it all that I had, even, you know, when I didn't have it. So, um, you know, I did the best that I could out there and tried to make the most out of it and try and help the team win even when I was struggling. So, um, yeah, thank you to uh, all the Boston fans out there. Thank you. All right. Well, I appreciate it, and we'll, we're going to see you at the All-Star game. Well, no matter yeah. what team you play for, we're going to have a campaign for eight miles. So, uh, John, <laughs> John, sincerely, like, I, I, uh, I look forward to seeing you again down the road, but, uh, but um, good times ahead. I appreciate it. It shows, uh, shows the type of person you are that you jump on with us, and, and, um, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to it. Everybody appreciates it here. So, all right, man, all right. good stuff ahead. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. All right, all right. The great John Schreiber joins us here at Baseballs and Boring. Thank you so much for to him. And uh, and it's not every day. A lot has happened the last about two and a half hours for John, where he learned he's traded. He has to pack things up. He has to get the family uh, situated, and then of course he has to call here, which we really really appreciate. All right. Well, we also appreciate the play Tessie guys who uh, who are very familiar with John Schreiber, uh, very familiar with his trade, very familiar with all things Red Sox. If you haven't subscribed to the Play Tessie podcast do so right now it is the reddest hottest of hot red sox podcast there is no hotter red sox podcast than the play tessie guys two of the guys from the podcast gordo and sammy they're going to be joining us coming up all right we'll be back after this we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.